Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. I'm having so much more fun now. I have let them show me how to live their way. This is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 250. I will be at the Mid-Valley Comic Art Expo in Salem, Oregon on April 20th and 21st, and Shortbox Live in San Jose, California on May 5th, signing copies of my new Turtles book and new Mad books. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Freaky Magazine. I contribute material to every issue, so give it a try. Hey kids, have you read Freaky? The magazine of weird humor for freaks like you. Freaky Magazine is a way-out collection of weirdo comics, kooky gags, photo funnies, social satire, and surreal collage. Fifty-two pages of insanity in the tradition of magazines of yore like Cracked, Plop, and Zap. Special offer for Fun Ideas listeners, get a free sample copy in the mail. Made of smelly newsprint and smudgy ink the old-fashioned way. Just message your mailing address to theslowpoisoner at gmail.com. That's theslowpoisoner at gmail.com while supplies last. You remember them from your childhood. Half for the Friendly Ghost, Richie Rich, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad Sack and Little Audrey. You read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions, The Best of Harvey Dale Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The Companion is also available from Fair Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by PopOptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. Hey, hey, it's Charles Rosenay from the Monkeys Interview Show here on Monkey Mania Radio. So proud to announce the release of a brand new book called Not Just Happy Together, The Turtles from A to Z. That's right, the other band besides our monkeys who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, The Turtles, a great new book that's a discography. It's got interviews, it's got reviews, it's got everything you might want to read about. If you're a 60s fan like I am and love the Beatles and the Monkees and the Turtles, Not Just Happy Together has a front cover and a back cover by Henry Diltz, a forward by Gary Puckett, and it's published by Genius Music Books, an imprint of Genius Book Publishing, now available from www.notjusthappytogether.com. Hope you pick it up. I know you're going to love it and uh, enjoy all the stuff about the Turtles. Thank you for listening to Monkey Mania Radio. Hey, hey. In Fun Ideas Productions news, Not Just Happy Together, The Turtles from A to Z, AM Radio to Zappa, is now available from Genius Publishing. You can order directly from GeniusBookPublishing.com or from Amazon. Stars of Walt Disney Productions and Pac-Man, the first animated TV show based upon a video game, and the revised and updated Looking for the Good Times Monkeys book are all still available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and through Bear Manor Media. Unconditionally Mad is still being formatted and should see publication in 2024.
I'm currently working on an article about Mr. Weatherby and my TV animation book, and another monkey's book, and a book on Marvel's Crazy Magazine. More on these later. On today's show, we have two returning guests to discuss what's happening in the world of animation. Here they are, Camden Spees and Strum, Part 1. Hi, this is Mark Arnold with another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast. I have two returning guests. Uh, one is Camden Spees and the other is Strum. <laughs> and today, today we're going to talk animation. We've done this before, but uh, it's a new year and want to see what's going on in the world of animation in 2024. Oh, no, this is the dreaded Flip the Frog. <laughs> I haven't bought it. All right, all right. Sorry, Steve. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. You're the only. You're the only person who hasn't bought it. Well, I'll tell you why I didn't buy it, and then you could both harangue me. Yes, I didn't buy it because hey, I have them on DVD. I know that's a Blu-ray is the upgrade, and Steve Stanfield spent his uh, life savings in world, and uh, I can assure you, it's worth the upgrade. Meticulously, the bonuses. The bonuses are half of it. Bonuses that I've the bonuses are half of it. Yeah, but. I will tell you this. I didn't say I wasn't going to get it. It's just I haven't got it yet. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's not like I mark. don't get there. You know, I don't get. Yeah, I do get Thunderbean videos. See, I have one, and it's a Blu-ray. It's ironic. I, I I moved all of them downstairs that I had up here earlier today because I was cleaning up a little bit. Okay. And it's the same thing with Abbott and Costello's show. I have. <laughs> you can show it up. You know, I have both seasons there on. I don't like Abbott and Costello enough. Yeah. Well, for me, if I didn't have it at all, I would buy the Blu-ray. Camden, you look like you just saw me got shot in the face. What? You look like you just got you. You look like you just watched me get shot in the face after I said that. <laughs> after I said I don't like Abbott and Costello enough to buy them. <laughs> See, I didn't say that about Flip the Frog, so you get off my back. Yeah, yeah anyway. you don't. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. He never said that about Flip. He Mark has no, clarified no, that everything we've mentioned. Mark has clarified. I'm gonna buy them eventually. It's just that I'm on a priority list. Which I will is probably I will probably get season one, and I like the people that worked on those sets. I like I like I like Shane Fleming, who I have met a few times. He's pretty cool. And I Paul Kester, Shane, Shane, did, Shane, Shane, you should have Mark. Mark, you should have Shane on your podcast. Okay. Well, send me their contact info, or send them my way, whatever. And I guess this part's being cut. No, we're not going to cut. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Well, let's Hi, continue on, on the Abbott Costello thing. Um, uh, what what's it's Cine, What's the group that makes those? Uh, well, two. It's written on the, the back of the film, Pretty Film Archive, and Classic Flicks. Classic Flicks. Yeah, I have their Jack and the Beanstalk, and I thought they did an excellent yes, job. That's really I need good to get, too. The, I need to get the Classic Flicks. Um, our gang sets. Yeah. Yes, those yeah. are good too. Those are really good too. I have that too. I just have no money. That's what I said. Some people I aren't rich. No money too. Camden. <laughs> I, 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 I almost got it when they were having that ridiculous sale you pointed me out to. Yeah, that's when I bought it. I bought it in a super sale from Hamilton Books. I wouldn't have bought it the other way. That thing is too expensive for me to buy on my own. Yeah. It'd be like it's like $160, but I bought is it. Is it on Hamilton sale again? I think it's still on sale for the exact same price. That just—it looks like they're just liquidating it. I'm, I might have to get it in that case. But, I think Ham- uh, Hamilton liquidates everything. Hamilton will sell like J.B. Coffin's Pinocchio book for like fourteen dollars. Yeah. There, there's there's one no, book I like I, I'm Hamilton looking to set. get, which yeah. is a visual history of the S.S. Adams Company. Mm. It is it because the artist there was Louis Glackens, who is one of my favorite artists. And connecting this to animation, he animated for the Bray Studios. He did about twenty films for them. You can find uh, one of his films called When Nights Are Bold from 1915 on YouTube. And collector Tommy Stathis also has a few additional within the Brave Films collection that he has. Okay. Now, Mark, I must Mark, I must tell you that I also don't upgrade always. Like, yeah. <laughs> like for me, it was like, you know, that the Hey, You're There, Yogi Bear set. I didn't upgrade it because yeah. and I, I actually did. <laughs> I'm thinking of buying that one. I you just, know why I, I did. You, you know why I did. Um, I didn't why? originally want to get, it, but I, you know, when things are on sale, you mentioned it. One of you mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's me too. It, it was like nine bucks, and I said normally it's like twelve or fifteen or something. It was yeah. something cheap, and I said I'm, right. I'm, I'm waiting for Looney Tunes Collector Choice Volume Two to go on sale again. I think it might be right now because yeah. when if it because they're just trying to go sell those things like crazy now. I'm gonna Please. pre-order Volume. <laughs> I'm pre-ordering Volume yeah. Three because I like yeah. the cartoons on that more than yeah. Volume Two. 
Yeah. Actually, one thing I do want to upgrade because I bought them originally on DVD because as a dumb a dumb shit I was going to say, but I didn't want to censor myself. Anyway, um, is the Popeye collections that Warner Archive put out, I bought them all on DVD. And then when Tex Avery came out, I bought them on Blu-ray. And now I'm like, I should have got the Popeye ones on Blu-ray. So I'll probably... I have, vol- I have volume three on DVD from a friend who yeah. gave it to me for free when he... I'm, a, I'm someone who, like, who, if there's a DVD or Blu-ray available, I will always buy the Blu-ray and I refuse to buy a DVD. I'm that way because, now. Like, the one exception... Yeah. The one exception is I did buy Africa Screams, the Abbott and Costello one on Blu- on DVD because there was like one Blu-ray copy and the Blu-ray copy they were selling it for like $85 and yeah. the DVD they're selling it for like 13 and I'm like, well, yeah. through that. Yeah. It's the same content. That's the other caveat. It's the exact same content. I'm yeah. someone who will buy a new new collection of something if there's like even just a single extra commentary on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I bought Mysterious Island, Ray Harry Owls and Mysterious Island set. Yeah. Just so I can see the commentary of Ray with Ray and Tony Dalton. <laughs> I ended up buying a DVD recently. I still don't have it yet, but it was purely just for the fact that it is not on Blu-ray and it has a lot of stuff I've never seen. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me about that. Yeah. It's from Looser Than Loose, which is mostly finished, but the guy but but David Stevenson who ran it still custom makes the disc on on order. He's been very nice about it. I'm looking forward to getting it. Maybe I'll have it by the time this is out. Yeah. I I withheld from doing Blu-rays as long as possible. And it wasn't because of anything other than cost, you know. And it's like yeah, and I, I, I made it's why it's I, why I haven't bought a 4K thing and also because the technology yeah, that's why I don't have a 4K thing here. too. Yeah. 4K, 4K is a reliable I a 4K yeah. TV. I can't afford a TV like that. Yeah, right. and either way, 4K players aren't the most reliable yet. I, it would probably take yeah. another four years for that to happen. I told yeah. myself once they released the 33 King Kong in 4K, then I'll cave. They did a 4K restoration of that. It premiered at yeah. at one yeah, of the festivals. Yeah, but they haven't released it yet. Yeah, they, they haven't they released, released it yet, but it, it has been done. And I, I'm surprised it didn't happen last year because it was yeah. the 90th anniversary. Because they it, don't care about it anymore. It, it's kind of funny. On every... Uh, video upgrade over the years my my criteria of whether to upgrade to the new one was always if disney did something you know like i didn't get a dvd player until i knew disney was putting out dvds and they put out mary poppins and i said all right i'll get a dvd player <laughs> you know and then blu-ray i think it was mary poppins again they when they you know i won't get they, a blu-ray they, player they put out until... blu-rays fast though they put they yeah. put out blu-rays long before yeah they, will explain. Yeah, they, they actually did on blu-ray you know but, no, they're, uh, they're it, they used to be so lagging behind on things you know and yeah now yeah, that now they, Disney um, doesn't like any home video, they want to take it all back. I'll know? say so. I'll say this is that they're slowly dipping their toes into 4K and they're finally giving the, their classic movies justice, like they did Cinderella and Snow White so far, and they also have Sword in the Stone ready. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. mostly based I, on feedback. I am someone I am someone who just that, that likes every Disney feature, animated feature from that era. I hate Robin Hood and I hate all that other stuff, but I don't really like Sword in the Stone. I mean, it's got fun moments, but it's a dull. Sword of the Stone was just an animator's paradise, in my opinion. It was animators yeah. animating the stuff they wanted to do, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it was a very entertaining feature. Yeah, which is the problem sometimes when artists actually write their own fe- features or shorts, where they are focused more on visual appeal, visual spectacle, rather than a cohesive narrative that can appeal to. Yeah, an but audience. Alice in Wonderland is like that, and Alice in Wonderland is a great feature, I think. I think I think it has its heart in the right place, but I think combining both of the books never one hundred percent works because each each book follows a different universe and what exactly happens in it. Right. Because well, I think Alice in Wonderland works because of Mary Blair, though. Too. I think yeah, I think it works because of the design. But I mean, when yeah, I try to think Mary about Blair. it as an adaptation, it it doesn't necessarily come together. Yeah. But that's just me. The the uh, artists they put a lot of love into it. They put a lot more love into that than they did into Story of the Stone, in my opinion. Oh yeah, and they oh, had sure. more budget, so they could make make the visual spectacle even better. Yeah. Ironically, the the one version that keeps the story separate is that two part TV version by Irwin Allen that came out in the eighties. You know, most of the time they do mish the two Alice yeah. books together. You know, so I love Carol's work, and the thing the thing I always think about with uh, merging the stories is that is that Wonderland is of course just a place of complete nonsense, and that anything can happen, but. Right. Through the Looking Glass, it's our is a world in reverse. 
mm-hmm. because yeah. and it follows that, which makes it a little hard to combine both worlds when they have underlying different ideas. Right. Strom, who runs the 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 Lou Bunin Alice social media pages? Is that Thunderbean? That's not Thunderbean. It is someone who's a big fan of the movie, and they are very excited for the Lou Bunin set from Thunderbean. They they, they do a really good job at it. They do a really good job at it. Yeah, I think they do a really good job for what that movie has. And I think that set's going to actually come out this year, believe it or not. Finally, oh, yeah, that's going to be good. That's, that's going to be a good. One. I know, I know, I know. Steve worked with with uh, Lou Bunnin's estate on that, and I know they're actually going to put the Alice feature on, which is, I think, really is exciting. it Bunnin or Bunin? Is it Bunnin or Bunin? I've heard both. I use Bunnin. Ever? I could. It could be Bunin. I think it that might be, be too, something yeah. that's more. That might be like a French pronunciation. I'm not it, certain. It's Bunan. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I took French in, in college. I'm still you're, in college. I took Spanish in high school for four years. I don't remember a thing about it. Not oh. one little bit. Not, not that one bit. My mom took my mom was a college Dingo. dropout by quickly. You don't know tacos, um, enchiladas, burritos. <laughs> yeah, I know Mexican food. Saying it, saying it. We can speak Spanish. You're a gringo. <laughs> now you now you remember saying. <laughs> uh so Strom, you brought up uh, new releases. Let's talk about that. What what kind of new releases are coming out? Do you to your knowledge that you can talk about? Okay, on, yeah, that that on, that on we can Blu-ray. talk about Let's, without Mark what? editing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so for one, of course, is Looney Tunes Collector's Choice Volume 3, which is coming out in a month. That's going to be very exciting. That's going to feature a lot of the classics. It has Mexican Joyride, which is great. That one's never had a release. It's going to feature... It has a nicer variety, I think, in, in Volume 2, where Volume 2 is expanding beyond what Volume 1 had in 30s and 60s. But I think Volume 3 is doing better because it has better shorts from those eras. Like, it has some of the... Egghead Elmer cartoons like Egghead Rides Again and some of the cartoons with early I, Elmer like Cinderella meets Fella and a few there was. I'm They're, still shocked by the way. Can I interrupt by saying I'm still really shocked that Jerry hasn't put out a release of Cool Cat yet on a Blu-ray? Because I even don't know think that nobody likes Cool Cat. That seems like something Jerry would do. I don't think that I don't think they want to put out seven arts with the patty throwing unless they unless they have to, which I think is the case in some ways. I know for certain that the Bunny and Clyde shorts were only just put out as filler for that one set earlier. Yeah. And I think one of the superstar sets had them. Do you do you think they might put out like like not volume four, but like volume twelve down the line, the best okay, of seven yes. arts? I think or it's something I think like it's that. going to happen. Not okay. not a meet not like volume four or five, but I think eventually they're gonna to get to okay. that point. Or they might just do one cheap set set with them all. Right. And with the Daffy I think that they're gonna I think Jerry's gonna cave and put the first cool cat on one of the sets at random. He might. Because that just seems like something he would do. That is I think they're expanding a lot more. I think they're pushing the uh, boundaries more towards, the... more towards the black and white era. Like, I think I don't, I don't think that they would... I don't think they... I don't think he'd put out all of them. And I don't think he'd put out a Daffy and Speedy, but I think he'd put out Cool Cat in like a random filler short right in the middle. Yeah. That, be, that would be funny, but I mean, they put out the one good short on volume six, Norman Norval. How do you sell the rest? <laughs> yeah, the Norman Normal is awesome. The Norman Normal is pretty cool. Norman Normal think... makes no sense, and that's why it works. <laughs> it makes it makes no sense. It shouldn't have been made, and yet it's actually nice to watch. It's perfect. It's yeah. probably one of my favorite Warner Brothers shorts. Probably my favorite Warner Brothers shorts of the sixties. Here's the, um, here's the here's the question everybody always has. Okay, so um, they always say Jerry says this to death. You know. Although we'll only keep making volumes as long as people keep buying them. Got it. Okay. But do you think that they will actually eventually, when I'm like 150 years old, have all 1,000 Looney Tunes no. on Blu-ray? No. Okay. Or that, is a, that is nope. a question I, nope. I really can't answer because I'm, again, not a Warner person. But if I had to guess, they will put out they will put out probably most of that catalog they've already put out a lot of the pretty horrendous some of the really well, we're not gonna see going to heaven on a meal out we're not gonna see we're not gonna see prop <laughs> i think i think there's at least two dozen shorts we may never see released yeah but i feel like i feel like they'll eventually put out bosco's they'll put out the buddies but i feel like i they don't would know about bosco either uh, well they did they did do one of them for for the for streaming and it sometimes airs on me tv called dumb patrol it's pretty nice actually 
I and think then, they've been using the other ones as bonus features for both Bosco and Buddy for some of the Warner Archive sets. I think that is the route for some of the more challenge shorts that feature ethnic and racial stereotypes. That is what I think will happen. But I feel like that some of the worst shorts will not get released. That is yeah. my guess, and I cannot speak for what's actually going to I don't think we'll ever see Cole Black. We can pretty much ensure of that. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. But yeah, I, I have a question about, like, um, you know, obviously Mickey Mouse, the Steamboat Willie version went to public domain. Obviously, a lot of these characters are going to be going to public domain in the next 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. So do you foresee a complete Bugs Bunny set before Bugs Bunny goes public domain? No. I don't, well, that, there's still well, that, all this in copyrights. Too. Yeah, the film copyrights, but I do. Well, that's, that's already a trademark, too. Yeah, but that one's already in public domain, all this and rabbits do. Okay, so in that case, is it? when all yeah. of the film's copyrights expire, I do see some fanatic taking all of the restorations and putting them out on the set with his own film scans. I do see that happening. Okay, but not Depends a, a commercial, commercially released. I do. Wonder. You know what I do see, though? You know, yeah. you, you bring up a. I was just about to say is that. Uh, it's already leaving my head, but I it should it should come as a bit of an indication that further shorts in collector's choice will probably have more of the challenge shorts because China Jones is on it for one. I think that's the most infamous one on the set, not just because it's racist, but also because it's a terrible cartoon. Yeah. It's interesting though that China Jones got released on VHS all the time and all that though. Yeah. I only remember it being racist for one gag, if I remember right. I haven't seen it in a while. Which one? China Jones. Wait, no, I mean as in which gag? The Chinese gag. The the middle one with Porky. Uh, Porky Pig is a truck. Well, the thing is that they also reference a lot of Chinese laundry, which is in itself a very offensive thing because when yeah. Asian Americans first moved to America, they couldn't get jobs in anything but laundry shops. That's that's a real thing. You know, you know what? I, you know what always bothers me. I was telling Trump about this. That Linus the Lionhearted, mm -hmm. the the so high the Chinese kid, right? Yeah. Half the things he does, like like these like these animators don't know the difference between their Asian stereotypes because he's constantly doing things that are like Japanese. Oh, they, they do that all the time in the old stereotypes. You know, know. they always mix Chinese and Japanese and whatever. I mean, if you were Korean, just and I'm like, uh, the, and I'm like the Eastern Asian type, you know, you just got lumped all together. It didn't matter if you were from Laos or Vietnam or Cambodia. Yeah, well, or they wouldn't do that during yeah. World War II, probably. Uh, because they did rebrand China. Japanese lanterns as Chinese lanterns for home market. Um, yeah, but World War II, China, China, the China was a was an important American ally. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's why they rebranded Japanese lanterns, the Rainbow Parade, as Chinese lanterns. That's, yeah. Now uh, you've you've obviously seen Life magazine, the old tab, you know, big yeah. magazine, you know, but uh, in their, I think it's their 50th anniversary book, which came out ages ago, but it's easy to find. They reprint an article that came out during World War II that said. How to tell a Chinese from a Japanese. <laughs> and they have oh a photo God. of the guy's heads. And it's like, more slanty here, more wrinkle here. Jesus more... And it's like, God damn it. Can you really do that? I mean, it's like, you know, I don't, honestly, I don't you know, think legitimately. So. No, I mean, it's no, like, but... obviously, that was the time and that's what they did. It's, but it's, it's an interesting it's less article. About, it's less about genetics. It's more about culture, which yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like. But that's but not it's... How, but that doesn't show off on a person, except maybe in their clothes. But. Yeah. But you do mention you did mention Linus. I do know that there is a project involving that, but I don't know if it's actually going to make it to home video or not this year, so I can't talk about it. Okay. Yeah, what we don't know any that... details, Mark. Mark, when we tell you that we don't know any details about the Linus, we really mean it. We don't yeah. know anything well, about I, Linus. I, I will tell you who keeps asking. Okay, so there's this guy named Danny Palazzi. Uh, Salazi, I should say his name right. Danny Salazi. Danny, Danny, of the... I convinced Danny to buy Flip the Frog. He bought it, by the way. I oh, convinced yeah, cool. him too. Okay, Salazi is always asking me about what's happening with Linus. What's happening with Linus? And I go, I don't know. And so that's why you've gotten these messages because I know the least. You guys know more than I do. Now, if you can't All reveal really anything, really. if you can't reveal anything on this show, that's fine. I think I think but, the only thing I can say is that it's starting to wrap up, but again, I don't know if that means it'll be released anytime yeah. soon. Mark, in terms of things that are coming out and have yeah. come out is that recently Van Buren's Tom and Jerry has gotten a Blu-ray upgrade which yep. is yep. beautifully piano I'm, I'm waiting my, on mine because mine delivered at my house in, in in Birmingham, so my parents when they when they visit for their tri-monthly tri, not tri-monthly well every three months their visit every three months they're going to bring it to me 
trimester. They're taking the triathlon, triathlon well, suit. No. <laughs> but that came out, and you can buy it on Thunderbean Shop. Okay. I believe that the next set that Steve is working on that is about to be sent to replication is Mid-Century Modern Volume 3, which contains yeah. a lot of stuff from the late 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, involving very modernist stuff, like from UPA, some sorts for the Navy that they had done. A lot of commercials. Okay. Yep, a, 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 an unofficial Dover Boy sequel. Hmm. Oh, yeah, can, I remember that. Can you answer this about Linus, though? Is it still uh, a Thunderbeam project, or has it moved on? Um, so, Steve himself kind of, tried kind doing of. a Linus project years ago, but wasn't able to really get it kickstarted. This right. instead involves the the estate behind Ed Graham, and oh, I know okay. Steve himself contributed some prints for the project. Right, but it is not a Thunderbeam project. Got it. It still looks very. I still think it looks very good he? though. Mm-hmm. Steve helped with the restoration though, didn't he? I don't actually know that. I don't. I nor do I. I don't know if he did or not. I would well, say. I- I'm just going to say no just to be safe, but that would be a question for Steve himself. But yeah. I know but when it was... Steve himself is working on, the other two yeah. that are looking to be this year are Lou Bunnen with Alice and Rainbow Parades Volume 2, which will have the Technicolor ones. That, that other Clinton. Benny Poop set, I think, is going to be released this year, though. And uh, I think that I think Camden and Mark's favorite part about Rainbow Parades is the fact that it'll have the rest of the Molly Moo Cow shorts coming out. Oh, boy! <laughs> <laughs> I like the one where she gets where she gets blasted drunk because it looks like they were trying to make fun of Birch Let on that one. Molly Mukow, the only series that makes Casper look good. Casper is boring. Like Mark, Mark, <laughs> I tried buying, I bought that Casper set and I tried watching them. Got to the third film. I'm like, I'm done. Well, the new Casper. I'll tell you the one film that's good. The, the... I like the 3D one. I think the 3D one is really good, even if there's it wasn't a, there's a few of them I like. But you can't binge them. They're they're unbingeable. No, they're no. Un- and, no, no, they're uh, not even unbingeable. They're unwatchable. The, the 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 better ones are the later ones. So it's like you know. I think what I did, Mark. My, my Mark, favorite Mark, one is Mark, one, is one called Ghost of the Town, where he saves a child from a fire and he gets on Ed Sullivan's oh, show yeah, and that one's good. Yeah. That one's not even by the regular guy who did them. I like the one where he's in an animation studio and the writers are like, I don't know. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, well, that's what they're job. both. Are, those, both of those are later ones. They're both from the late 50s. Ghost you know? of the Town is yeah. an early one, but it's not by Myron Waldman, who did most oh, of the Casper. Yeah. That was by Steve Mafadi, who usually did little Audrey cartoons. Yeah. I like he was one, one of those guys in like, famous studios who was also a drunk. Like, uh, Mark. Like, George Rufo was a drunk. It is, I think he might have still been then, and he was earlier for certain. Mark, I gotta tell you one thing. Hmm. Here's what I actually did. I actually listened to your audio commentaries and just skipped the cartoons. <laughs> How'd they sound? <laughs> they sounded better than the cartoons. Oh, that's well, thank you. You know, it, it's funny. I did those uh, 13 years ago now. <laughs> it seems forever. You know, I think they were better. That I, think, I think your commentaries were better when you didn't have anybody next to you. I'm well, trying to think of other things that are coming out because I do know that Warner's wants to explore other theatricals, but I have I have know nothing about okay. that. It was just mentioned by George Feldstein on one of his, on one of his podcast appearances. Okay, but it looks like the market for shorts is expanding, and I think Disney may even do more sets. I have no idea if they will. I didn't buy any of those Disney sets because I'm like Mark in this case, where I have all of them on on. I don't on... have I don't have them. Well, I, I did. I did buy. <laughs> There's one of them. <laughs> I yeah, bought, I bought, yeah. I bought Snow White, and that was, and that I think was a very worthwhile purchase, and it looks beautiful. It really is. Yeah, I would. But here's the deal, though. I, it's also the principle of the, of the thing with the Disney stuff because they're charging. Like, think about it this way: Warner Brothers is getting out 25 shorts for about 20 bucks, and Disney's charging that exact same amount of money for about nine shorts, and they're not as good. Right. Yeah, they're not as good. That's a great point too. Mm-hmm. In their nine shorts, we've seen ad nauseum. Well, there's ten on this one. <laughs> this is volume two. <laughs> yeah, that's two dollars a short, Mark. I know. Well, I doubt they would ever do uh, just a general upgrade of the the tins. You know, the I bought. You know what I bought for the tins? You know, I got the tins. I got. I found a really, really insane bootlegger on Facebook. I'm like, here you go. Now, I wouldn't recommend. Now, this guy is um is let's just say he's batshit crazy. Yeah. Um. You know. You know. You know. Hillary's. You know. Hillary's Pizzagate. All. All the. All of the stops. All of the right wing stops. 
he um watches too much watch too much tucker i'll say that <laughs> um if i was not white it'd be the end of it but i am so uh. i was able to purchase i was able to purchase all of them for about 19 bucks done they were originals or copies no, just copies. But I oh, have okay. a lot of the originals. I have all of Wave 2 of the originals. I have the Davy Crockett. I have Mickey Mouse Club set. And I have, yeah. you know, all of the... the I think the, the I, I, Mickey I don't Black know when White this will happen. happen. I, I have the Oswald one. I've got several of them on the, the original 10s. Mm -hmm. But just all the missing it, ones I was able to I know to that in progress, and that has been longer progress, is now the flip's clear is that, is that the next really, really big step would probably be Up Iwerks Comic Colors Volume 1. Hmm. And I'm skip that one too. I what? mean, those are those are those are going to be from the uh, from the original right. masters, which I don't think have been accessed for a long time, and most of them are going to come from the original camera material, which will look yeah. fantastic. You know, it, it's really hard for me to upgrade all this stuff to Blu-ray. From the standpoint, is I'm not a big fan of all of it. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's nice it's coming out. I mean, I would venture to buy a complete terry tune set in blu-ray before the other because it hasn't been out on I would too. you know it's I like i don't really want to upgrade all this other stuff you know <laughs> so, i would too you know, so i know i know steve is also doing i don't know if i also don't know when this is gonna happen but i know he's been slowly doing a upgrade of the cultoons dvd yeah oh but yeah really, that's awesome Those but are i really awesome. do want to get put the frog i mean i will admit yeah. it's, you know well, so. Cold Tunes, i think the big selling point of cultures is going to be the fact that less Sultan's monkey duels is going to be sourced from a no, 30 no no, no no the best the, the best thing about cultures is those audio commentaries those are the funniest fucking things i've ever listened to in my life who does them who, who's who's interviewed her? milton knight oh okay. steve worth jerry beck and um Mark Hausler are just riffing on these cartoons. The best one is Mr. E in Tau City, where, where Milton just yells, what the hell is that? <laughs> no, those are the best <laughs> commentaries. I love Milt. I love Milt. Those are the best Milton, commentaries. Yeah, Milton's, yeah. Milton's local here. He just had an exhibit a while back, and I was, I, I unfortunately, I was the only person to show up. But Aww. Hi, Milton. <laughs> I, I, I really <laughs> feel bad for him. I really feel yeah. bad for, yeah. for that whole <sighs> Mil uh, but Milton, but he's the, the monkey doodles commentary. Milton just yells, "Look at it's a Jewish monkey stereotype." You don't see any of those ever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you want to know? You know, want to know the interesting thing about Les Elton? What? He he was at Disney for ten years after that. Wait, what? Yeah, he went to Disney. He it, there's a magazine he worked on after he left Disney that says he was there for ten years. And there's we know that he was at Disney, but we don't know what he did. <laughs> sweeping up everything <laughs> but i mean i've seen his i've seen his name on a few model sheets and then i know that he also likes building like model model planes and trains charlie junkins had told me that from from les's niece so it looks like he what? may he may have done stuff with up iWorks in the in the mechanics department building yeah, that's what i was going to ask was he still working on films because a lot of these people that get i have uh, i i genuinely if he was animating we would know yeah not just by the not just by by evidence in in the Disney archives, but also the fact that we would probably also see it on film because I've seen some of his work after he left Disney, and it still looks just as weird. It looks like stuff from the Hobo Hero. <laughs> yeah, he was still he was the still Hobo drawing Hero that. is the weirdest thing ever. So, so Mark, 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 can I explain hmm. you this story? Okay. Middle of the night, I've never seen this cartoon. Middle of the night, probably two a.m. Drum sends me a link. It's for the Hobo Hero. He says, watch this late at night. And I watch this thing. I'm like, what the hell did you just send me? I sent, you know, you know what's even funnier? You I also sent it to a friend while she was high. And I didn't oh, even know no, she no, was you high. sent it to me the exact same moment she was high. You sent it to both of us. I, I couldn't help it. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was it they had they had she had a much harder time comp comp confiscated contemplating, she, I'm sure. <laughs> Mark, you know what you should do? You should edit and put the Hobo Hero just below us the whole time. The Hobo Hero. <laughs> I think but, I think I think it was a it was just a whole different world for 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 Les Sultan. And you know what's even crazier? In between Monkey Doodle and the Hobo Hero, his two main films to fame, he worked on a short for Van Buren and he contributed some animation to a feature. The one for Trump, you know that they did a monkey doodle pin when they were doing those character pins. You know that. I 
had no idea, but I wonder if they were just if that was a coincidence or not. But no, but and then it's at that exact moment, you know, Mark, you know those character pins where it's like Betty Boop, and then it was like yeah. all the oh those whole, that's Marty like, the Monk, like hundreds not, not of Simon different... the Monk. No, hundred, no, no, it was Monkey Doodle, I think. No, it was it was Marty the Monk, but that makes you wonder. <laughs> Marty the Monk, how... yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you, Marty <laughs> okay. the Monk. Marty the, I do know from from my own notes and such is that since is that since the cartoons have come out, Mexicilli Willie has surfaced with its track. So I think that's another interesting. I have no movie. idea what that is. That is the third Marty the Monk short that isn't like the other two. But until but until some time ago, it hasn't been seen with its soundtrack, and now it has, which is great. I have a Marty the Monk. There's there's stuff in that that was traced from Banco the Bear Cub. Oh yeah, the first Warner Brothers character. Uh no, that was Buster Bear. There, there's way too many oh, yeah, of Buster these, Bear. Of these odd Buster shots Bear. to keep mm. focus on. Like, I eventually want to make a book on the transition from Silence to Sound, and I'm gonna have to note like a dozen different characters that that made one yeah. short drop. It, it's does it the Binko does the does the um. Does the bear, the first Warner Brothers cartoon, exist? Uh, but wait, is it the first Warner Brothers cartoon though? Because didn't Willis O'Brien's Caveman cartoons weren't they distributed through Warner Brothers? I don't, I can't remember that. I can tell you mm. is that Warner's almost distributed Coco the Clown and Felix the Cat. Hmm. I know they almost distributed. The thing is they, ended up, they ended up decided to send Marco Winkler to distribute those, and I think Warner's didn't end up distributing anything. What's interesting is that before <laughs> they purchased First National, which sort of became their sister distributor, is that First National was going to distribute Felix's in sound, but none of that ever happened. But oddly enough, educational there's a poster Felix that's to Felix, didn't First it? National. Didn't hmm. Educational and Mutual also distribute Felix? Um, before, educational dropped Pat Sullivan shortly before this because Pat Sullivan didn't want to do sound. And then he picked up with First National, but it looks like nothing ever came of that deal except a poster that I have, which I Mutual Films think... distributed Felix, though. Well, Mutual didn't distribute Felix, to my knowledge, but Copley did. Copley did afterwards. They distributed new Felixes, and they and they took the last season of educational Felixes and branded them with sound with no intertitles. <laughs> which may have Trump, been. A... You know... My guess is that originally those were supposed to be released through First National, but I can't prove it. From, you know a lot about this than any of us here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Let's sound start. reissues. I love those sound reissues. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> I didn't you know some of you, have a, you have to make a cat sound that's high-pitched, and you have to be as bored as possible. <laughs> Something like oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I know what you're referring to now. I was thinking about it. Like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, yeah. Those, those Felix title cards that have those weird cat noises. Yeah, those yeah, those yeah, Felix doesn't shut off throughout the entire cartoons when they're reissued. Hmm. <laughs> and then there's and then if oh, you're thinking official films who distribute them for television. Who did mutual films distribute it? I don't think mutual films did any cartoons. They didn't? Or you're thinking of a different studio and you're just hmm. saying mutual because hmm. mutual may have done some stuff in the 1910s, but that would be it. They didn't distribute Bray, they didn't distribute Mun Jeff, they didn't distribute anything major. They may have distributed one small animator. All right now, now let's also talk about what Tommy Stathos is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drum, it's yeah. all you now. All right, I'm gonna go in a bit of an order because this year will be the year that that his Trump, kids... Trump. Only talk about what you can because Mark's gonna <laughs> get mad at me for editing this. All right, so I'm leaving it in. So you, if you say it, it's going it's going to go up. You're exposing right. the world. <laughs> all right, so. So first are the two Kickstarters for Dinky Doodle and Out of the Inkflow. Those will be done. It looks like they are wrapping up close as of now. I I wouldn't know though. That's just what I think of, think of what I last heard. I do know that scoring has been concluded at least on mo on them. I think I'm not certain, but it looks like the lineups are all, the lineups are also pretty finalized, which is great. Then after that will be a Farmer Alfalfa collection of 15 of his films, including many of his highlights like Down on the Phony Farm. Uh, Farmer Alfalfa's Wayward Pup is also probably going to be on there, and Dinner Time, which of course beat Disney to the punch of sound. It also it also helps. Only one of those cartoons I knew the title of. 
And then there'll then there'll of course be some fables, some Bray cartoons, maybe some of the Van Buren, some of the PD Terry tunes that he appeared in. And then after that will be Walt's Early Wonderlands, an expansion of the Turner Classic Movies program everyone saw last year at 7 a.m. Hmm. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. All of those classic. I guess Disney 9 a.m. for I guess I guess 10 a.m. for you, Mark, and your. Oh no! Oh no! It did air at 7 a.m. for him. Oh no! It aired at 6 a.m. Yeah, I I was. That was the 6 a.m. program <laughs> over there. I didn't see it in any case. <laughs> well, I was probably so, either so sleeping or getting ready of, for work. <laughs> it'll be an expansion of that program. You'll see okay. laughograms. You'll see the Alice Isn't comedies. Isn't he working Alice on an official? Comedies. And you'll see Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Mark, Mark mm. Strum really hates the Alice comedies, like with a passion. And why? Everyone <laughs> likes them because Disney made them. That's oh, the okay. That's true. Like mm-hmm. But you know what? Um, I at least recognize why they're important. I will agree with Strom. I think that historically they're important, but I will agree with Strom. They are not as enjoyable as people will say they are. They they're any other silent I would prefer watching, even those those terrible crazy cats. Even those <laughs> terrible British cartoons that I showed you. Uh I'm trying to think of which ones you're talking. I like Bonzo. The, like... the, the, the Trolls and Tyke. The tight cartoons. I like how I like how stupid they are. Except yeah. the, thing, the thing is that the They're thing horrible. is that the try to be more competent. They're and horrible. Not... Those Jerry the Tide cartoons. Yeah, but they're 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 dumb. There's there's they're a dumb. You know funny exactly. The British, the British really try doing a lot of different characters, but ultimately they always feel like very poorly made intimidations. Like in the South era, there was there was Bingo the talking dog. There's that. Have you ever seen that? They're always, what is with their obsession in, in random dogs? Because they're just always tight. Guess, the tight the have, you ever, and... have you ever seen Bingo? No. So, I'll, I'll just send you that because okay. that's that's a very fascinating cartoon. I've, I've only ever seen you it in it was horrible. Print, but it is a fascinating <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> fascinating, horrible. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the other thing is I can think of is that in the late silent era, they had a guy called, I believe his name was Joel Noble. Mm-hmm. And he did a Dinky Doodle like series for yeah. in the review magazine. I forget what the name is, but it's based on a British di- dish. It's not. It's not Bubble and Squeak, but it's Don't a different. Expect us name. to know. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay, so yeah. everybody's talking about Steamboat Willie Mickey, but what about Oswald? All the Disney ones now. Some All have come Disney out separately on Blu-rays, like as a bonus feature, or whatever. And then they had that one treasure tin. Is there? a chance anybody, it doesn't even have to be Disney because yeah. it's public domain, would put right. a good compilation out of all the available Osmonds. What I can say is that Osmonds, Osmonds. What? Here's what I can well, here, I know, I know, I know. Wait, that. one time, come on. <laughs> so go. some Oswalds, some of the early ones will be on Walt's Early Wonderlands. Okay. Those I were on sure. the Turner Classic Movies program. You had the first release one, which was Troy Troubles. You had O Teacher, and then you had the Mechanical Cow. So those will probably be on there. Mm-hmm. Some. And then there, and then Tommy has other ones, and there can be other ones that could make up another set, but I wouldn't know about that. I don't even think such a thing would be in the works. But on Disney's end, for the longest time, an Oswald Blu-ray was probably the most likely of anything, but it just never happened. I know that the last time I remember when I brought Steve Steve Chancellor here, Mark, he yeah. he did announce that there was going to be a reissue of his Oswald Blu-ray. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. I you never got any, the Oswald Blu-ray. You don't know any more than that, other than what no, he said. No, I don't know any more than what he said last time he was here. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, I think. I think. What about what about what about out. um, Strom? What about um? I know this is something you can I can I can say because Tommy announced it basically bluntly to Facebook. On Facebook, not even personally, just in general, like that 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 they're going to work on a a um animation before Mickey. I think that's the title. I might be mixing up the title of that with Don Crafton's book. Um, the the special that was on TCM, they're going to release a Blu-ray. Yeah, that, will, that, will, that will, yeah, Tommy wants to put it on Blu-ray. It'll probably happen eventually. I think even the, I forget his name. He's such a nice guy, but he ended up doing a nice little interview about it, I, I believe. And that'll probably be on Blu-ray eventually. I don't know when, but it will. That'd be nice if you like do an audio commentary of it. 
Um, I don't, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know about bonuses too much, but I think it's not out of the realm where there could be some sort of commentary over it. At least a nice interview with some of the footage on it would be yeah. nice. But that, that's such an interesting thing because originally, originally he was going to do the entire silent era and he, and it was like over two hours long and its premiere had no music. So it was like, it was probably very dreadful for whoever had to watch it without <laughs> any music. But, Mark, can I ask you a quick question about audio commentaries? Sure. <laughs> what made the decision? So when you guys were doing those the Patty Freeling sets, oh, what was mean... the what was the what were the thoughts? What the... was the thought process? <laughs> what was the thought process of those audio commentaries? Because I gotta tell you right now, I've said this to you before, and there are there are multiple compilation videos of Jerry Beck just dying on those crazy like Craig conversations commentaries. <laughs> There's like eight minute there's like eight minute intervals of like the best of jerry's crazy like crane <laughs> okay, i love dude. i love that jerry well, beck loves crazy lakes crane i'll, I'll answer that there's a five minute version it's really funny i'll answer that but i have a question for you first because you mentioned um and i'm like baffled by it that's why i made a face the commentary you said you're better when you're by yourself on the cast for one. W was it you mean better than when I'm interviewing someone else on those? Yeah, because when you're interviewing, oh. when you're when you're by yourself on the cast for one, you're talking about the comics, you're talking about what origins. Of oh, it. okay. And yeah. then it feels like the interview, with the exception of like the one whoever's the daughter of so and so. Yeah. And like the Bradley Bulky one, it seems like just feeler. It seems like y'all are just talking in dead air the whole yeah. time. Well, I'll tell, I'll, okay, so I'll answer that, and then I'll answer the the, 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 the Betty the, Freeling the, one. Okay. The the, the the by the way the um, I like Wally Wingard a lot, but the the stat the the commentaries for the total television sets are much worse. You know. Okay, so on those, those are done for Shout Factory. Shout Factory had this crazy idea, which I don't know why. Uh, that they had to record the audio over the phone in real time when we were, like, watching oh. the cartoon live. So I only had, like, you know, those total television cartoons, a lot of those cartoons are only five minutes long or less. You know, some are three. And it's, like, to fit any sort of meaningful conversation, and you have to keep it going. Yeah, you're and Joe you have Harris, to keep it you're, you're... in... It was insane. And that was like one of my first commentaries. So I was juggling all that. So when I got to the Casper one where I'm talking by myself, I was more comfortable because I knew the cartoon. I knew the cartoon was like five to seven minutes long and I could kind of gauge it and, you know, say what I was supposed to say. And I had my notes when you're doing it kind of live and off the cuff and, uh, and you're trying to act natural and not scripted. Yeah. It's really tough. So. Anyway, so that's that set. Those are those Shot Factory sets, and that was what I did 13 years ago. Okay, so the, the Patty Freeling ones for Kino Lorber. Okay, so Greg Ford called me out of the blue because I had just done my De Patty Freeling book, and he goes, oh, Lord, you wrote a book. And I go, yeah, <laughs> you might be able to do commentaries. And I go, okay. <laughs> and uh, so... You know, originally all the commentaries are good, except for the crazy legs. Well, originally, ones. originally it was only going to be these, the Pink Panthers. That's it. It wasn't going to well, be anything else. I'm glad they did because those nice Spectre commentaries yeah. are great. And it, I don't know if Jerry, because Jerry recorded his stuff separately. I did mine at home. He did his in his home. Um, I was the one who kind of pressured Greg on my end. I don't like. I said I don't know if Jerry did to, to do at least. Uh, Ant and the Aardvark and the Inspector and, and you know rolling and rapping. You know, rolling and rapping because the early ones. They said I didn't care too much if te, uh, uh, uh Racer. Godfather Odd Dogfather and those came, Hoot Clute and those came out, but you know, I at least wanted the early ones out, you know. And uh eventually it just got to the point where, you know, we did a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, it took us like three years to do those. Now, for some bizarre reason. They didn't do them all chronologically. So the last one we ever did was Mr. Jaw. Crazy Leg Crane was done. I don't like Mr. Jaw, honestly. It, 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 Crazy Legs Crane was recorded early on with like Anthony Aardvark or something. And so when you compare those two series side by side, it's like night and day. And so, you know, um, I could tell Jerry was struggling. And, and Jerry told because we'd call each other and talk about these things and mm -hmm. stuff like that, even though we did everything totally independent of each other. And he says, Mark, 
you're gonna love my commentary because I hate Crazy Lake Screen, <laughs> and he admitted it. And, I mean, he, uh, I, 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 and, <laughs> and so do we. Yeah, I was arguing with somebody about this, and like I was arguing with him with like Nelson Hughes. I'm like, Crazy Lake Screen is the worst, and Nelson's like, Are you sure with him? I'm like, Yeah. That's the worst. Those for cartoons are just bad. Those that, that's are the worst bad. for Depatty Freeling. I mean, the character itself's not too bad. I mean, he appears in a couple Blue Racer cartoons, a couple Tijuana Toad cartoons. So I mean, it's like I he's okay. Think the Blue Racer commentaries are okay because you got yeah. the you got those. What I think what works about those commentaries that makes it really good is those is when you guys would piece in those, those audio Blue Racer cartoons are really like, weird though. Some of those are really weird. Yeah, well, they are weird. Well, there's well, also the ones I, I that got outsourced that have. There's that one I remember that got outsourced and it has some really crazy backgrounds in it. I love, I love, I love Jerry's comment about like about the the dragonfly in the crazy train. It's like even I want that character to die. <laughs> I remember that. I remember, but... I remember David H. DePatty. He he once said that he never got a complaint about any of the stereotypes that were in those cartoons, which shows that no one was watching them. That's probably true, but I also think, I, think most, I think the most I think the best thing that came out but, after like end of the artwork was Mister Jaw because because I, I think that was Roland just and Rat Think. Roland and Rat Think made three good cartoons and the rest of them suck, and that was before. <laughs> I think I think Roland and Rat Think is a good series, but I think that Mister Jaw is a, actually a decent series, and you guys all clarified that in your your commentaries that the. Oh, I said it was. A I good think series. some of the Blue Racer commentaries. Is, who was the guy that they outsourced the? the, the uh, Bob to? Bob Balzer in Spain. Uh, he yeah, had his. You uh, about half of the Peg Bar was his animation studio. So did they? Did they do one in Australia? I feel like they did. Wait, wait, what? But half those audio commentaries have interview snippets of him, which makes the commentaries work. Yeah, because they came from my audio interviews. <laughs> yeah, they work. They, yeah. They, 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 they made them work. Yeah. They make the comments work. Okay. Uh, yes, to... they did They did outsource some to Australia, too. Uh, Bob Ball. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking with yeah. the ones with those crazy backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. And those are just weird. And a lot of information isn't even known about those very well because they just kind of did it. I mean, Patty Freeling did a lot of strange things. You know, it's like when they outsource like all the... Um, roadrunner cartoons yeah yeah they didn't really do any formal agreement they just almost said like here here herb take him you know hey you want to shit in our toilet here yeah. come on yeah. <laughs> mark i gotta ask you another question what oh. the hell is with germany's obsession with here comes the grump <laughs> i don't know has anybody seen? Have you uh, other of you seen the CGI film that they made of it recently? In recent no, I, I didn't. No, I didn't. Wait, wait. There's a CGI film on yeah, that. Yeah, it's called The Wizard's Tale or something like that. Yeah, and it was made for international audiences. Yeah, and it is. Here comes the Grump. I've never bought it because I only wanted to pay a couple bucks for it. It's always like fifteen bucks or twenty bucks, and I'm like, eh, I don't want to pay a big price for it. I just want to see it, you know. So rent you know, it. Yeah, well, there's no renting around here. I don't think it's available. Maybe it is. But it's called A Wizard's Tale. And it's like, it came out after my book came out, so I couldn't even talk about it. I probably, had it come out before the book came out, I probably would have bought it. It's it's hard for what, me to what, splurge what, for what, something after Why? Why? Out of any cartoon in the world, why Here Comes Grandma? Is it just because, well, it's just because I they think had it's because of it's being wizard, up. and wizards are kind of cool, but I honestly have no, I honestly don't know anything about it. <laughs> No, but like, but like, yeah. why out of any cartoon Germans could like, why do they choose Here Comes the Grump about another mustached man running around, running amok? Yeah, my guess, and it's totally a guess. Well, first of all, it was uh, made for TV, so it was easily mm -hmm. accessible. It wasn't. Well, a, there's a lot it, of better TV cartoons. Well, I'm just Mark. talking about to Patty Freeling stuff. It wasn't a licensed thing, so it wasn't like like Doctor Doolittle was licensed. Uh, Oddball Couple was licensed. Uh, the Barclays yeah, the was licensed. licensed. You know, all all these things are licensed. To, you know, Planet of the Apes was licensed. You know, it's like all these things. How come they couldn't do the super sex cartoons? Instead? Um, they could have, I suppose. But Super President. They, but here's the problem with those two shows, Super President, and they're still tied up with that Mirish company. And I think Here Comes the Grump was the first. I might be speaking out of school on this, but I think it was the first one without Mirish involvement. It was like just the Patty Freeling solo. And it wasn't a licensed thing. 
that doesn't you know it, it but also you know we were talking earlier about alice in wonderland it has wizard of oz alice in wonderland kind of overtones and weird yeah. shit like that so you know i don't know it's like i guess it's more accessible to but your, but but they like other it countries. But, but out of any i'm talking about out of any tv cartoon for some reason they they gravitate towards here comes the crown the the only other thing and this is an unknown too i'm guessing is over the years odd things have become really popular in other parts of the world mainly yeah, like due, wacky races in japan yeah, well mainly do because they they had some oddball licensing agreement or distribution agreement and it just happened to play more than another series you know and yeah. so people grew up the with it. was that yeah. that movie was made for some sort like, of international audience which means yeah. that it probably ran to death somewhere else or was merchandise yeah. there it's just like Woody Woodpecker is really popular in some other countries. Top Cat's Brazil. really popular in other countries. Uh, yeah, both, uh, car, both both were both were licensed into other into, yeah. into Spanish films. Yeah. Um, well, 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 well Woody Woodpecker. You know that's getting another movie, Woody Woodpecker. What about it? Yeah, I, I heard about that too. Yeah, that's going to be gonna, in that. April. Netflix is premiering another Woody Woodpecker movie. Yeah. That was that that that's been planned for years. What I'm gonna guess is that it got shelved at some point. They had finished it and they, they didn't know if they had I a mean, market for it because the first if I one remember they... right, the Woody Woodpecker film originally was planned for American audiences. Like the very beginning of that film, that the yeah. the, the, the origins of that film, they had been planning that for an yeah, American were, audience. It was initially going to be an Illumination film, but then it got mm -hmm. moved to a to a B, uh, yeah. a B movie. <laughs> A, a B movie, and then it was made for Brazilian audiences who also yeah. hated the movie. And now they're going to do a second one. I'm guessing the second one was just made. I guess it was made cheaply or something, and they decide not to release it. And I guess now they are because the Lance the Lance cartoons finally have an audience with BTV, and Netflix distributed that first one on their streaming service recently, and it went to number one because of Woody on MeTV, which is why I think there's now a market for it. That's just my speculation. I, think, I thought it went to the one number one because some internet meme. I mean, I heard that there was some internet meme on Reddit that made it go number one. I don't, I don't know about that, but I think, but I think Woody on MeTV may have played on, on I mean, a little internet. E even our own country has really oddball things. I mean, if you were a, a person from another planet who who came to the United States and tried to do something about U U.S. cartoons, you'd probably think that all we made were Scooby-Doo, Tom and Jerry, and SpongeBob SquarePants cartoons, and that's it. Simpsons. Yeah. Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, and that's it. You know, it's like, you know, it's like because all these other cartoons have just kind of floated away. But it, why are those more popular here than, say, anywhere else? Or, you know, but... Yeah, but like, you know. like it's not the best international audience. Like, mo most countries yeah. don't watch it. Except yeah. Mexico. Really like, Wacky that. Races has like this weird obsession, obsessive following in Japan. There's very few cartoons I can think of that are worldwide international stars like The Simpsons and the Peanuts characters and Garfield are the only two things well, I can well, think of. Well, I would not say that about The Simpsons. I think people know about them, but people don't like them. I think that, no, I think The Simpsons is really popular overseas. And they're incredibly I, I, might, I might be wrong, but I'm thinking also because I know that Japan didn't take well to them. No, no like, but like if you look at like in Portugal, Portugal, they literally have um, rip-off the Duff Beer Factories that keep running. Oh. After multiple lawsuits, yeah. they still run. Well, Simpsons okay, so I was thinking, okay, Germany, so in Spanish know. and Portuguese audiences, I can assure you that probably is the case. Yeah. The Simpsons is huge in China, too, because it keeps yeah. getting bootlegged because it's against the law. So it's like the number one most, uh, most, most pirated illegal show in China. Yeah. Tom and Jerry has always been very popular worldwide because, again, it's it's not a lot of dialogue and it's easy. Yeah, to... yeah but The Simpsons is like popular also too, because yeah. The Simpsons is one of the, it's probably the only show in the world that has the profits to be able to easily to that has the money and has the capability to easily just just dub all of their things in the exact same voices as an overseas cast. <laughs> you know that Clarence you know that, you know the, the French voices of characters. Wait, wait, one at a time. What? <laughs> You know that Clarence Nash had to do Donald's voice for every language when he was alive? I think I've heard that before, yeah. Yeah, he had to do it because no one else could do the voice for the longest time. <laughs> so they gave I don't him know how many of those. I don't know how many of those they have, but he even talked about it, that he would have to that he would have to learn it. They would write the script. Did he do that for all of them? Forever. Did he do that? But they didn't dub those cartoons originally, though, didn't they? They may have, they may have dubbed post-war. They may have dubbed those Donald's. You can't yeah, even but they understand. didn't dub a lot. I don't Why remember you... them. I didn't know even know they dubbed that early. 
you can't even uh, you can't even understand Donald Duck in English. Why do you need to? T- <laughs> I I don't understand that that rumor. I've always understood hmm. what he was talking about. For the most I can part, un- I've I can understand under- the new guy as Donald a lot more than Clarence Nash, though. Yeah, I don't like the new guy. I think the new guy is really the, the new guy. The new guy makes it a lot clearer what Donald's saying. I'll say that. I think the new guy is really, really kind of bully to people because because, um, <laughs> like I know that he got really mad at somebody who was doing comic books because he was because he was taking away the fame of his of his of his hero Jack Hanna, and focusing <laughs> on Carl Barks. <laughs> I don't think that's the, is is that the guy who voices on? I don't think so. I don't know who does it. That might voice. be someone else. Yeah, but I, but I, I do, I've I, lost I, track. I mean, it used to be easy to keep track, but you know, because they keep the same people for so long. But you know, they switched voices recently a few times, so I don't know. Yeah, they yeah the guy who voices Donald is so busy, and also the fact that he is an animator that they had to have a third guy voice Donald for some of the more minor projects. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is think, a, a good testament to Donald's popularity. Not in the states, but just in general, because they also bring those. I think we, Strom and I were arguing about this that that I think that Donald is probably the, with the exception of like Snoopy, Donald is probably the most popular internationally, the most successful. I think he is. I think he is at this point, even more than Mickey Mouse, who's an American icon. The only exception I would say is probably Snoopy is probably the most popular fictional character of all of any country ever. Hmm. And Garfield. Hey, I like listening. Hello, Kitty. <laughs> thank you for listening, and thank you, Camden Spees and Strum, for being my special guests. Part two of this discussion will be next week. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 251 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2024. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night. (laughs) Thank you.